Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. We have reached the semifinals in Rome. Welcome to TC Live as we wrap up another big day in the Italian capital and count down the days to the season's second major. Massive news on and off the court today. Here is what's coming up. The King of Clay will not play at Roland Garros this year, and he has also provided a timeline as to when he may abdicate the throne. And after an uncomfy exit in Rome last night, we've got the latest on if the reigning Queen of Clay will be ready to go in Paris. Plus, a very unusual suspect moving into the semifinals at the Foro Italico. Is it too early to call Medi the Prince of Clay? It is a royal show. Come on in to our studios here in Santa Monica, California. Steve Weisman back alongside Olympic gold medalist Monica Puig. And as always, we've got Hall of Famer Andy Roddick on the big screen. The top story in tennis today, for the first time in 18 years, Rafa Nadal will not be playing Roland Garros. The 14-time champion held a press conference earlier this morning where he has announced that he's not fully healthy from the injury he suffered in Australia. Going to take some time off now, Andy. What was your reaction to hearing what Nadal had to say? Yeah, not unexpected based on uh, announcing the press conference yesterday. As, as Jim and I uh, kind of both mentioned yesterday, you don't call a press conference this far before an event to tell people that you're participating in it. He wouldn't know that until closer. You hold press conferences to say that you're probably not going to make make it. So, um, you know, th this is obviously very disappointing. And now the conversation naturally goes to, okay, what's next? You know, have we seen the last of Rafa? He intends to play next year. Uh, and visit the places that he likes. What does that actually mean? Which places does it, does it mean he's going to play on hardcore? Does it mean he's only going to play on clay? Does it mean he would want to say goodbye to Wimbledon or the U.S. Open, you know, or, or does it end at Roland Garros next year? These are all questions we don't know the answers to. Uh, what we do know is he's a lot closer to the finish now than any any sort of start, which is which is unfortunate. Time had to come. Time is undefeated. You wish it worked out perfectly for him. It doesn't look like it's going to be perfect. Uh, but, man, how lucky you read to have had him for this long we know father time is undefeated but with these living legends that are almost bigger than the game itself we, we don't believe it's going to happen now after hearing from rafa himself what are your thoughts i mean i was thinking to myself what is it going to be like without Federer, without djokovic without nadal and we already have Federer out what is it going to be like without rafa and it makes me feel sad because you know we've seen him do so much already and i kind of knew that this was coming even Prior to him making the announcement of the press conference, I had seen a video that circulated of him on his kind of, you know, leaning over, crying in a practice because he just didn't feel physically fit. And I know what that feels like. I know what it's like to be injured and, and not be able to play the events that you're supposed to have scheduled. And, you know, he wants to retire on his own terms, so maybe that's why he's pushing it back and saying that next year is going to be his last year as somebody who couldn't retire on her own terms. I know how important it is to go to the tournament, say goodbye when you're ready to say goodbye. And, I mean, he's had so many injuries throughout his whole career. His entire game was based off of how physical he was out there. So, I mean, 
it's kind of understandable that now it's time. I mean, his body can only take so much. Yeah, Rafa had a lot to say earlier today, not only that he won't be playing Roland Garros this year, but also that he's been trying so hard to get there. He's going to take some time off the court. Could be one month, could be four months. He will find out he didn't make anything specific. Does hope to return at the Davis Cup Finals in November and did say that next year, 2024, will probably, probably be his last year playing professional tennis. Let's hear from Rafa now. Going to be one Roland Garros champion. Not going to be me. Going to be another one, and uh, and that's the life. And the tournament gonna gonna be for sure a big success without me. Uh, players stays for a while and they leave. Tournaments stays forever, and uh, that's that's why the the history and the tournaments uh, of tennis are combined with the players uh, makes this a sport. Uh, <sighs> An important sport. Are you gonna watch and follow the tournament, or are you totally turned off? No, probably I. I'm not gonna watch every single match, but of course the tournament gonna be super interesting matches that I will be happy to follow. Press conference mainly in Spanish. Rafa did answer some questions in English. Obviously, Roland Garros, a place he has dominated, 14 titles. In 17 years, can't imagine how hard this decision was. We'll definitely miss him. He's got that statue there at Roland Garros. But he said he has worked hard enough not to end his career in a press conference. Andy, what do you think about next year being likely his final season as a professional? Well, listen, he he can say I'm not going to end it at a press conference. But at the end of the day, I don't think he has complete control uh, of the situation and and of his body now, right? It used to be he would get banged up. I mean, he played so physical. I would have been so wrong if you would have said, when is this guy going to be done? I would have said, I don't know the way he plays at 27. I don't know how a body can take it for that long. So I think he's actually outperformed what we thought a body was capable of based on his style of play. So listen, Mike Tyson once said, everyone has a plan until you get punched in the mouth, you know, and then things adjust and you change a little bit. So I hope it's as great as I'm going to return in November and I'm going to play Davis Cup and then I'm going to say goodbye. I hope that goes according to plan. But listen, that's why that's why sports is the best theater. That's it's it's unscripted, Steve. It, it certainly is. And we remember when Roger Federer end of 2016 took six months off. What did he do? Came back 2017, won a couple of majors. So uh, you don't put anything past these absolute yep. legends of the game. We could see Rafa twice at Roland Garros next year. Not only the tournament, but also the Olympics in Paris 2024. How special would that be for him? He has not won the gold in singles yet. I know. That would be kind of like the perfect swan song. And we've definitely seen somebody like Flavia Panetta win the U.S. Open and retire after that. We saw Pete Sampras exit as well on a high. Maybe that's something that he wants to do. And, I mean, he has that opportunity, that back-to-back Olympics and French Open. He wants to get maybe that 15th title to kind of cement I mean, he's already cemented, but kind of further cement himself as the king of clay. And it says he won't commit to the Olympics in Paris. Who knows? It's a quick turnaround. It's, it's a, it falls in a tricky time of the season when, I mean, for me, I, I knew it quite well that I had to quickly get ready for the U.S. Open immediately after the Olympics. But if it's played at Roland Garros, I can safely say that he's going to want to play. I don't know what you think, Andy, but, you know, these are tournaments that he, he really wants to prepare for and, and really again, say goodbye on, on his terms if he can. Listen, I didn't win a gold medal. I don't know how everything works at, at the Olympics, but you also have to qualify for, for, for those spots, right? And so it is a tricky situation. It's not as if it's Roland Garros where it's like, okay, he's obviously going to get a wild card. Wild cards are normally reserved 
for home nation and you know upcoming nations, right? Someone who wouldn't normally play on tour, but because it is an international event uh, of the highest magnitude, so we're talking about it as, as if it's easy entry. If he doesn't play until next March, it's going to be it's going to be tough sledding to actually be one of the top Spaniards to get into that draw. Uh, again, I could be wrong. I don't know what I don't know, but it's not as if it's a normal tour event. And it's like, hi, I'm Rafa. I'm here to play. I don't know that it's that easy, unfortunately. Yeah, that would be unfortunate if he wasn't able to control that on his own terms. But something else he won't be able to control now, a list that we've been tracking for a long time. We could have a very seismic shift in tennis history in just a few weeks. The men's all-time major list. For the first time in a quarter century, Roland Garros is going to be without both Rafa and Roger Federer. So you see Novak Djokovic tied with Rafa right now at 22 major singles titles. Andy, what is the significance of Novak Djokovic potentially now being able to be on top for the very first time ever? I mean, it, it's pretty crazy that the first time you're going to be on top of the all-time slams lead is at 23, which has never been done before. So that's that's nuts in its own right. It's just crazy to see the numbers uh, that these three have, have put up. You know, I, Pete retired with 14. I'm like, well, that's never going to be beat. And unfortunately, I was on the other side of the net from Roger when he broke Pete's record. And if you look at, uh, you know, Rafa, he won as many slams at the French Open as Pete Sampras did in total. So listen, I, I think it, there was this feeling of inevitability over the last couple of years that Novak probably would end up with the most grand slams uh, of all time. I don't think this changes his process. Uh, I don't think it really matters that he's never led before. I don't think that's going to be the barrier that's going to stop him from doing it. Um, listen, I don't know if it happens to the French, but uh, he, he's going to be the odds on favorite uh, to, to win Wimbledon. He's been the best grass court player on earth over the last 15 years. It's wild. 14 at Roland Garros. Pete Sampras, 14 Overall, is Novak Djokovic your favorite now at Roland Garros? I mean, he played well this week. I'm not entirely sure, uh, you know, if he's considered the favorite. Maybe he is. Maybe he's not. This is three out of five sets. He hasn't played um, a lot of tennis leading up to the clay season. But maybe this is exactly what he needed in Rome to kind of get his feet wet and get himself there. We know that when these top players get to the Grand Slams, they are hard to beat. And mentally, I think that's where Novak Djokovic sets the bar really high because he can go up against anybody and be two sets to love down and kind of click it and then flip the script and win in five sets. So two out of three, maybe it's not where he's going to be at his best, but three out of five, you better believe that he's going to come to play. <laughs> and I mean, come on, he's won this tournament before. He's at 22 slams. I kind of saw it coming when he was on his roll of winning slam after slam after slam that it's kind of inevitable that he was going to pass Federer. He was going to pass Nadal. Physically, he looks like he has still a lot of time left. We haven't seen him leave with too many injuries. I think he's going to be around, safe to say, I hope, more than five years from now because he takes care of his body insanely well. His team knows what to do to keep him fit, to keep him healthy. He's extremely disciplined on every single little thing he does, whether it's nutrition, rest, everything. Yeah, he could be the favorite right now. There's, there's a couple of players who are still putting in the work, though. So yeah. we never know. He could get to 25 majors by the end of the year. He could pass Margaret Court for, like, the all-time, all-time record, which would be absolutely wild. But uh, as John Wertheim wrote earlier today, a Roland Garros without Rafa is like Paris without the Eiffel Tower. You know what that means, though. Opportunities for others. And when we come back, some of those players will be looking to make the semifinals in Rome. Opportunity to shine in the City of Lights. And we'll also preview the women's semifinals that's going down tomorrow, including Elena Rabakina. She already has a title at a major on grass. 
She's won on hard courts as well. Now is she a clay queen? Find out. Well, I think the main thing that makes Tennis Channel a little different is, is that we show you every point of every tournament, no matter from a 250 all the way to the Masters 1000s and the Grand Slam. So it is a wall-to-wall -wall tennis experience that you're going to have. Well, obviously, anytime people watch a sport on television, it can inspire somebody. So somebody's seeing something, some youngster is watching a tennis match every tournament, every week. We have matches, and that slowly evolved for Tennis Channel as well, but there's tennis all day, every day on Tennis Channel. Happy 20th birthday, Tennis Channel. Thank you, as always, Jimmy, a, a huge member of the Tennis Channel family here, Jimmy Arias. Uh, we've been celebrating our 20th anniversary all week, all year. It's actually the 40th anniversary of Jimmy Arias winning the Italian Open. How about this? Back in 1983, Jimbo, getting a tongue out like, like Jordan, the, the swagger, Andy, he had it all. I, I, I love it. This is, uh, you know, I, I've enjoyed Jimmy's enthusiasm for the game uh, for a long time. Uh, not short of opinions on everything to do with tennis, and uh, we're better at Tennis Channel for it. You've gotten to work with Jimmy a little bit, Monica. What, what, what do you like about him? As a player and then as a commentator. I mean, as a commentator, it's super easy to work with. It's, you know, gets along with everybody, has great energy as well. But judging from that picture, I mean, there's no way that I could probably play with a wooden racket. So I have to give him a lot of props for that. And winning in Rome is not easy. I mean, you have the history of the city. You have everything. Lots of distraction around. And, I mean, anybody who wins there, it's like deserves a good piece of gelato at the end of the week. <laughs> gelato at the end of the week, during the week? I mean, eh. No. Not during the week, Steve. Come I don't know. That's a we need to keep the fitness in check. Powers you to victory. A little sweet treat there. All right, FanDuel match preview. Let's look at the results from yesterday. The pick was Daniil Medvedev, and he got the win over Yannick Humphman in convincing fashion. So here's the FanDuel pick for Friday. Veronika Kudermetova over Angelina Kalinina. Kudermetova is your favorite. You'd have to wager $174 to win 100 with that pick. Both previous meetings went three sets Kalinina winning earlier this year in Dubai, but we are going with Veronica Kudermatova. Right now, FanDuel giving all new users 10 times your first bet in bonus bets up to $200, win or lose. Download the FanDuel Sportsbook app now and start making every moment more. Well, still to come on the show, Coco and Jesse could become the number one doubles team in the world this spring, but first, could they make their second straight final? All the highlights and reaction straight ahead. Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s-inspired style and cutting-edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high-energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Andy, Monica, Steve, back with you on TC Live. Barbora Krejcikova did the double a couple of years ago in Paris. Singles and doubles. What a year that was. We've got you covered once again here on Tennis Channel. Daily live coverage, Roland Garros, beginning Sunday, May 28th. And to get you ready, we've got a special TC Live at Roland Garros preview show on Saturday, May 27th. I will be joined 
by the great Martina Navratilova, Chanda Rubin, John Wertham, and Prakash Amitraj. It will be a party in Paris. You don't want to miss it. All right, let's get back to Rome. Our newest clay court specialist, Daniil Medvedev, looking to reach the Rome semis for the first time, Andy, facing the qualifier, Yannick Humphman. Yeah, and Steve, Medvedev was moving everywhere. A year ago, I would have said his movement is 50% of what it is on a hard court. That number is moving up and quick. Look at the ground that he is covering, reading drop shots, getting off the mark, playing little drop shots off of drop shots. Backhand side and a slide to boot, Steve. Unbelievable. Watch this point, and then someone, can someone please tell this guy that he's six foot seven? And when you're that tall, you're not supposed to be able to hit these shots and run like this, Steve. It is absolutely absurd that tennis is becoming. I mean, watch this. It's like every point he's covering the entire court, moving off of one leg. I mean, if you're humping after this one, you're going, this hasn't been my day, and I don't see a turnaround coming anytime soon. Medvedev and his movement on clay, old dogs and new tricks. I don't know, making me rethink everything here, Weissman. <laughs> I mean, he can hit a winner from literally, literally anywhere. In the stands, sometimes he is. So far, behind the baseline, incredible stuff. Second Master semifinal on clay. Still, by the way, has a chance to take the two seed at Roland Garros over Novak Djokovic if he wins the title in Rome. Only 16 unforced errors about half as many as his opponent on this day. And Stefano Tsitsipas, Monica, trying to reach his third semifinal in Rome. Hasn't dropped a set. Taken on Borna Chorich. Chorich, by the way, ranked 262 in Rome last year. Now it's up to 16 in the world. Absolutely. Chorich is a very tricky player. He plays insanely well, especially from the baseline. But Tsitsipas has been kind of flying under the radar this whole tournament. Nobody has really talked about him in the mix to win this tournament or even Roland Garros. He is a finalist there, but he was playing insanely well off the baseline today. I mean, had 15 forehand winners, was just looking great on all sides of the court. He had a little bit of a hiccup towards the end of this second set, but just moving well, just being extremely active towards trying to come into the net and was unsuccessful so many times. That's largely due to how well Sitsipas was playing. Here we see Chorich you know, with a little bit of a resurgence in this second set, but Tsitsipas just waited him out. He was playing too well and waited until he had that other small window of opportunity and just closes it out in style. I mean, hair on point, just kind of like the statues that are all around this incredible facility. We were talking Greek godlike. Yeah, I mean, why not? That's what he looks like. Stefano Tsitsipas, eight for eight in sets right now as you take a look. At the stats, 90% first serve points won. That'll get you a lot of victories. More winners, fewer unforced errors. All a recipe for success as Steph is into the final four. Speaking of four players on one court, women's double, semifinals today. Coco Goff, Jesse Pagula. They didn't escape room in Rome with some other American players, including Desiree Krabcek. But who would make their way out of this match, Monica? I mean... I know Demi Schur is extremely well. I know Desiree as well. They're both really, really experienced on the doubles court. But Jesse and Coco just coming up with the goods when it mattered most, especially in a tight second set with the lob. Jesse just getting it done. And they would come to win this in a 10-point match tiebreak. And they have just been so tough on the doubles court. They have been winning titles. They've been super consistent ma uh, match after match, tournament after tournament. And it honestly doesn't surprise me at all that they are so, so close to becoming world number one in doubles. And 
again, playing singles, playing doubles in both tournaments, they're just getting the work done all yes, over the place. They are. I mean, to your point, they've won 13 of the last 14 matches. Now a win away from their fourth 1,000-level title as a duo. Saturday's final, going to have Coco and Jesse taking on Storm Hunter and Elisa Mertens. Met earlier this year, quarterfinals of Miami. Guess who won? It was Goff and Pagula on their way to the title. Time now for the social net here on TC Live. Iga Sviantek retired with a thigh injury yesterday, but got a good update on her health today. She tweeted, couple days off for sure, but booking my flights to Paris, fingers crossed, hopefully see you soon. That's good to hear, Andy. Yeah, listen, that's a, that's a relief for everyone. You want to see uh, Iga Spiatz. I don't know that we could take the news, but Rafa not being there. And now if we would have had bad news with the Iga today, I think I would have just crawled into a hole and t told you to text me when it was over, Steve. I didn't want to see that, but great news for Iga. And also, smart of her. I know we don't like seeing players retire, and there, there's this, like, false bravado with getting through every single one. No, she made the right decision. Her eyes should be on Roland Garros. Too old, you don't know what you're dealing with. All you know is that it hurts. You don't know if you can make it worse. You don't know if this is a two-month problem, a three-month problem. She made the right call, and I'm glad that she's going to be healthy for Roland Garros. 100% there, and uh, hopefully we will see Iga, the defending champion on the women's side. And uh, We talked about Rafa a lot earlier in the show. Obviously not going to be able to defend his title at Roland Garros. Maybe the new favorite. The top seed at Roland Garros this year will be young Carlitos Alcaraz. And he said good luck to Rafael. Very painful, sad for everyone. You can't be there. I hope that 2024 will be a great season for you. And said hopefully you can say goodbye like the great champion that you are. And that, that's what we hope, Monica, because as you said earlier, you, you just want to be able to go out on your own terms. I mean, you just feel for him. You really do. I Definitely, this is not the type of decision that he wants to make. We've seen him on court several times you know, in pain and getting through the match. I know that Uncle Tony has told him several times, why don't you just retire? He's like, I'm in the middle of X tournament. You think I'm really going to retire? No. And that just says a lot to his mentality and the, how tough he actually is. But you have to listen to your body. And if you want to play next year, have it be your last year, then you need to do make the hard decisions. But tennis is in very good hands because of this young man right there in the picture as well. Yeah, just turned 20 years old, Andy. Where does Carlos Alcaraz rank on your list of favorites at Roland Garros now? He's right there. I think that the, the tiers are, you know, Novak and, 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 and the Chuckster right there on the, on the top level, and then we're looking at five or six other names kind of on that next tier. But I'm looking at this picture, and I'm thinking, thank goodness Spain finally has a, a, a phenomenal male to cheer for, right? I think, they, I think they had Prince. to win. I think they had to wait exactly one Grand Slam tournament between last year's French Open and Carlitos' breakout at the U.S. Open. Not much of a wait. Most countries have to wait a little bit longer. Spain gets it done. Uh, they, they certainly have <laughs> an heir to the throne already in Carlitos Alcaraz. Big schedule coming up on a TGIF here on Tennis Channel. We got the double semifinals, 7 a.m. Eastern. We've got the women's semifinals. Kudermatova, Kalinina, 9.30 a.m. Eastern. Rabakina, Ostapenko, 1 p.m. Eastern. TC Live at 5. And then the NCAA women's team semifinals. NC State against Stanford. UNC against Georgia. 5.30 Eastern from Lake Nona. Back after this.
Back with our hot shot of the day. And uh, we, we got to run it back, Andy. We've seen this one before, but we can't see it enough. That's all right, Steve. I got some time for this one. The amount of court that he just covered, I, I would, the way I sit currently, Steve, I would have pulled a hamstring there. I would have <laughs> pulled the other one here. And then I would have just fallen down before I would have gotten to that one. But again, I said it before, this guy is six foot seven, moves like this, and is able to ask 140 miles an hour in his arm. That's a tough riddle to solve. It is. I'd just be like scraping at the clay trying to get that ball back. He's hitting topspin <laughs> forehand winners. Uh, here's your women's semifinals for a Friday, 9.30 a.m. Eastern. For a look ahead, let's head back to Rome. Check in with Danny Prakash. All right, Steve, back at our FanDuel desk. P, semifinal Friday for the women. Let's take a look at this fourth meeting between Elena Ostapenko, Elena Rabakina. It's going to be a tough one to call, but I'm putting you on the hot seat. <sighs> It's you knew it was coming. Certainly going to be a very tough one to call. You better have some new balls there because they're going to go through a couple of cans. They both hit the ball so phenomenally well. They've been striking the ball really cleanly this week. I think Ostapenko is just a bit more comfortable on the clay movement-wise, but I think Rubakina in general is just a better mover. So I'm actually going to back Rubakina because of that and the fact that I think she's serving quite well at the moment. She's got to feel good from crawling herself out of that hole against Iga. So I'm going to go with Rubakina. Looking forward to all the action on Friday and finding out who is going to be in the final. We can't wait as well. Fourth meeting, first since Rabakina won earlier this year in Australia. Andy, who are you taking between Rabakina and Ostapenko? I'm going Rabakina. It seems like she's found her footing uh, literally and figuratively uh, on the clay. And I think her serve is, is, is maybe the most dominant shot in, in, in women's tennis. Uh, if she's hitting her spot, she can serve kind of all, all four directions around the box, moves her second serve around, uh, is able to keep on balance. And then off of that, able to create short balls. And you really feel she's really good at applying scoreboard pressure. When you think she's going to hold 80% of the time and it's 30 all in your own serve, gets your attention. It certainly does, but so does what Ostapenko has been doing in Rome. How can she beat Rabakina? Yeah, I was going to pick Ostapenko as, as my favorite to win tomorrow just because of how well that she has been playing. She won the French Open. She hits the ball so incredibly quick, and Rabakina is that type of player that wants to have that extra amount of time to get to the ball to set up to hit her shots. And Ostapenko, when she's on, she's on. And if we've known anything from Ostapenko throughout the years is that she is a very fiery and feisty player and will bring everything that she has to the court. Did not did not give a hug after her doubles loss. We'll see, win or lose, whether we, whether we get a Panko embrace at the end of that one. Uh, Kudermitova, Kalinina, third meeting. They've split the previous two. Kalinina actually won earlier this year in Dubai against Veronica Kudermitova. Who are you taking there? I might take Kudermitova on this one just because Kalinina had a very, very tough win against Beatriz Haddad Maya. We have to see how she's feeling. That was almost four hours on court. I like the way that Kudermitova plays. She's extremely consistent, gets a lot of balls back, has the variation to come into the net, also a very experienced doubles player, mm. and made the quarterfinal of the French last year, so she's going to be my pick. She's semifinals Madrid, now semifinals Rome. Does she take it one step further, Kudermitova, Andy? Yeah, I think she does. Uh, listen, she, she's uh, playing great against anyone not named Iga right now. Uh, Iga's had her number, and she's barely winning games and sets against her, but she won't have to deal with that uh, for, for, for the end of Rome. And momentum on her side took a pretty ordinary loss in, in Charleston and uh, admittedly said that was a real wake-up call. And uh, she seems motivated, and she's, she's in form. You know, you don't, you don't make back-to-back -back semifinals by accident. 
By the way, I, I took a gold medal away from Rafa earlier in the show. He did win the singles gold, Beijing, 2008. So he's already done it. He'll, he'll look to do it again potentially next year in Paris. He's got two golds. He's got 22 major singles titles. He's got it all. We're going to miss you in Roland Garros, Rafa. But take the time off, get healthy, get right, and make 2024 the most special year of all time. Thanks for watching TC Live, everyone.